Democracy's basement to your ears. This is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Tonight we have Mosaic Stadium stuff, we have innovative revenue tools, and so much more. This meeting is now in session. Hey, Aiden. Uh, hey, how's it? How's it going? It's good to have you back, sir. It's, yeah, uh, Matt, I have I have a story to tell you. Get out. Yeah. First, uh, let's do attendance. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, first, uh, let's see. We have um, uh, Pussy Handel. Pussy Handel. Yes. No. Apparently, apparently a descendant of Georg Handel. Oh. Uh, yeah. The um, famous you new know, wave musician. No. Musician. No. No. I, I don't think he's here. Oh. If he is, he's coming later. You know what? What? I realize I actually I wrote it down wrong. I uh, I mixed up the letters and spontaneously created a false history to compensate for the error. So what uh, if you rearrange uh, letters? Uh, Paul Deshane is what I should. That is me. Oh, oh yep. great. Yep, and yep. I'm here. Okay. Yep. And uh, uh, next up we have uh, Raina Godman. Raina Godman. Raina Godman. No. No. Is it? Yeah, sorry, I don't see a Raina Godman down here at all. So, wait, hold on. I see what I've done here. I've mixed up the letters. It should say Aiden Morgan. That, I think, is you. Okay, good. I'm glad we're all on the same page. Yeah, and okay. unlike last week, you're here this week. Yeah, well, you know, I, uh, I actually, after the show, last week or after the meeting, I got up to just, you know, relieve myself mm -hmm. because I was I had a buildup of... Uh, Tension, right? And I, I went out a different door, and I discovered there's a whole new area of the basement here in City Hall. Really? Yeah, it's it's bizarre though because the the, the ceiling is gigantic and it's like bright blue. Huh? And the, and the, like there's a light like up in the ceiling, but it's impossibly far off. Really? So is, is it like a mural? Or I think so. Is it fluorescent light, or is yeah, it, a, it, it must be an LED? But it seemed to move really like as as a couple of hours went by. Right. Like there's a there's an automatic dimmer or something. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah. And there I've are, heard of those. And there are other employees. They're walk. They're walking around. Some of them were driving in like these automated carts. Yeah, it was, crazy. Yeah. Uh, oh, they're like those golf carts. Yeah, they're quite some like yeah. they're, they're really huge these days. Everything's gotten bigger. Really? So, at, at any rate, I, I wandered around for quite a while, um, just, but I hadn't, couldn't find anything to eat uh, or drink. So I, uh, I eventually, thank God, I found the door and oh. I got back into this part of the basement. Wow, you were gone a long time. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was pretty dehydrated uh, and sort of half crazed yeah. by the time I got back. But I'm feeling better now. Oh, good, good. Yeah. You, you licked a pipe, got some moisture. Yep, yep. Good. Um, and I'm glad I never, I never want to go to that part of the basement ever again. Yeah, I don't blame you. It sounds yeah. horrifying. Yeah, I mean, until the time when I, we actually find the exit and I can leave. That'd yeah, be nice. Any time now. I'm sure we'll find it eventually. Yeah, so do we have anything coming up on the...
You're listening to the Queen City Implementation Bureau. 31.9 RTJC. The voice of the municipality. Aiden? Oh, Aiden, what's going on? I don't know. What was that? I don't know. I think this has been going on. Like, I've been working with the radio stuff all week that CJTR gave us, and this has been happening all week. Did you did you try the transphasic modulator that um that's yeah. what I was acting up earlier this week. Yeah, 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 and yeah. No, here, I think I've got it. I, I've, I've adjusted the settings. I think I've gotten rid of that. It's some kind of, like, interference that keeps, like, breaking into the signal. It's really uh, annoying. Okay, well, it probably won't happen again. Probably not. Yeah, we'll be fine. Yeah. So, so tonight we, uh, we have a guest. We have an, we have an improvement vector. Candidate? At the meeting. Sorry, well, Excellent. it's a candidate, sorry. Yeah. An improvement vector candidate. Uh, it's uh, Steve, Stephen LaRose. Oh, Hello, Mr. Mullerose. Hi, how you doing? Good. Did you, did you call him Mr. Mullerose? Mr. Mullerose, that's, yeah. That's not a person. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, no. Okay. No. It's okay. I've been called worse by better people. <laughs> <laughs> and there are many better people out there. It's true. So, Stephen, um, we, uh, we noticed that we noticed reports that this is the farewell season for Taylor Field. Yeah, uh, the current Mosaic Stadium. Mm -hmm. We understood. We 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 reached out to the community, and they suggested that you might be an expert on all things Taylor Field related and this football game yeah. that they play there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of wanted to get you in to sort of brief us on w what's going on. Like we 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 know that there's a stadium there. Mm -hmm. And in time, that stadium isn't going to be there anymore, and there'll be a new stadium slightly to the left of that stadium. Is, mm -hmm. it te is it teleporting, or is there something else? It has to be teleportation. It's, it's something like that. You okay. know, it's you know, maybe a 3D printer or something like that. Oh, or, really? Wow. You know, or uh, you know, a couple of blocks of um, you know, Play-Doh and leave it out in the sun and, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. So this, uh, the new stadium. Mm -hmm. uh, so Okay, so this is the last year for the old Taylor Field. When was mm -hmm. this thing built? Oh, you have to understand that when you're talking about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, and Taylor Field, it's almost uh, incomprehensible to think that it was actually built. Um, the general assumption by most people in Regina was that when they the uh, railroad ran through, that the stadium was already there. Okay. Basically, hmm. but in in reality, the stadium it was always a park setting um, for people to take activities like ball and that sort of thing, and even before the Second World War, um, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who call it home, um, have didn't start out playing there. They actually started out playing in the field that is now the uh, oh the the former Sears, or, or what will soon to be the former Sears uh, warehouse outlet. Oh, really? Uh, out in 8th Avenue, you know, where the uh, Value Village is now. Right. And, uh, but they moved to, to uh, basically what at the time was a very working class area of Regina, you know, in the 1920s. They, uh, they didn't have, like, stands or anything like that. But people would basically just sit along on the sidelines, or, or they would bring over, you know, temporary stands from ball fields or something like that. Uh, no formal stands were built until 1948. Now, right. what happened was that when, uh, in the early days of rugby football, where the Regina Rough Riders would play 
other teams would come in on uh, by rail car, Pullman cars, um, from the uh, Transcontinental Railway that was basically next door to it. The other teams would use that Pullman car to travel there. The train would they would unhook from the train. They would use that also as a place to sleep, bunk houses uh, where they ate, where they would discuss game strategies, where they would change into their uniforms, mm-hmm. and then they'd play the game. And then after the uh, after the game, they'd get back on the Pullman cart and head back to Winnipeg or Calgary or or Edmonton or wherever they were playing. And then the the Taylor Field, those people understand it now, that was built in the 40s, 50s? Or? Yeah. Well, to go back a little bit way uh, before that, uh, you have to understand that in the hothouse atmosphere of Ryder Pride, for a lack of a better term, Taylor Field is basically considered kind of like a mecca, a sacred institution. But outside of that, there isn't that much historical significance, either architecturally or historically, to the stadium itself. So you're the, pretty... closest, the closest thing to it was 1935 uh, Regina Riot. Um, you might mm-hmm. remember about 2,500 to 3,000 uh, protesters came from Vancouver, mostly from Vancouver, um, on a on the onto Ottawa trek. Now, what happened was that when they got to Regina, they were detained at the exhibition grounds, and you know placed under armed guard. You know, Mounties with you know uh, with uh, Lee Enfield's uh, would only let them out to Taylor Field or, as it was known then, Park de Young, to uh, you know uh, play ball or or stuff like that. Now, what happened on the night of the riot? According to Bill Weiser's book, um, All Hell Can't Stop Us, uh, he's a University of Saskatchewan professor. What happened was that these, most of the strikers uh, who were taking part in the trek were at the exhibition grounds or at Park de Jong playing ball mm-hmm. when, the, uh, when the riot occurred. And basically, for the first hour of the riot, the uh, RCMP and and Regina City Police were not attacking rioters. They were beating up Regina citizens who were at at, uh, Market Square for a rally uh, to get funds for these guys, you know, so they could have something to eat. And the leader of the uh, On to Ottawa trek was just about to announce that the trek was over and everybody was going home. Right. <laughs> so, of course, they were beaten by the Mounties and the Regina City Police. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, so what happened was that at Taylor Field, the, the, some of the strikers, were, or Park de Young, as it was, known, as was then known, some of the strikers were chased back into the exhibition grounds, while others were um, somehow got away from the police cordon and uh, went downtown and um, participated in the... In the riot that uh, went on uh, throughout downtown Regina. Okay, I'm not getting like a vibe off you though that uh, you're particularly um, sentimental about the current Taylor Field. Um, so are you okay with uh, the city? Apparently, we've got a new stadium that's going up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 278.2 million dollar stadium. Uh, supposedly, and our portion of it is a mere, according to this, is a mere 73 million dollars that the city is kicking in. Um, this this really just interferes with my belief that uh, the Taylor Field is uh, like eternal. Mm-hmm. Like the, the yes, fact it that does. It can, the fact that it has a beginning and an end just really makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I I think and it was probably that idea 
that um, either the Saskatchewan Rough Riders would not exist or Taylor Field would not exist has, is, uh, puts a lot of uh, Rough Rider fans into an existentialist funk, <laughs> even though, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, um, especially in the 80s and, and mid, mid to late 90s, uh, the, foot, the football at Taylor Field was just like Sartre's no exit, you know. <laughs> it, you know, first of all, you couldn't get out and you were trapped in a room, trapped in the stadium, right. well, you know, for three or four hours and it was basically, you were in hell. Right. You know, just if, if you remember to play. Right. Yeah. And, uh, the i it's a newer generation of rough rider fans that are coming in they're basically saying well you know it's about time we got rid of the place everybody else has a nicer place supposedly and you know there are some drawbacks basically to the current facility there's not enough bathrooms uh, you know, it isn't as bad as, say, what happened in Wembley when the old Wembley only had 12. Uh, That's Wembley Stadium Wem- in, in London. 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 Okay. Not London, Ontario. London, England. Oh, Mo- I've heard of that. Moose right. England. Okay. Yeah, Moose Jaw, England. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where the, the, the seated 100,000 only had 14 or 16 bathrooms or something like that. Yeah. Uh, or uh, the Macarena, the, you know, where the. Um, the track and field of, and opening and closing ceremonies for the 2016 Olympics will be held in Rio. They had to rebuild a great chunk of the stadium because they didn't have enough bathrooms and the uh, men watching soccer would urinate on the site. And after all those years of you know, beer drinking Brazilians relieving themselves where they stood, it ate away into the concrete and made the stadium structurally unsound. But that's not happening here. That's not, no. Well, there are some cases, you know, (laughs) when you go in, especially on the east side where, you know, you see mystery liquid dripping from the ceiling and you're kind of wondering where it's coming from. Oh. Yeah. That's, that that I would rather not know. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, we are listening to uh, to Stephen Rose on ninety one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Mm-hmm. Tonight, the Queen City Implementation Bureau Council approves nine new bike routes, a wind farm for Quant Street, world record turnout for Free Comic Book Day, and we're mega excited for a mega project. All that and more, so pay attention. You will be tested. Aiden, Aiden, can you put some more power to the to the fan? I'm, I'm trying. Hold on. Hold on. Just stop. I've just... Um, would it help I'm, if you hit me with a hammer? Yeah, thank I don't know. You. That would help. I've tried unplugging it and plugging it back in again, but this keeps... Oh, there we go. Wait. There we go. Okay. 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 Can, can we get? Can, I, I don't know what that is. Neither, neither I'm, do I. I'm rather shocked that it happened again. According to the dials, there's something happening at the quantum level here wow there's a, like the, the 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 particles that are going through the feed they're like some are spin up some are spin down some, some are spin sideways it's okay top bottom it's serious thrown digger stuff going on here okay. my god yeah so it's mm-hmm. sorry, Stephen. Sorry, yeah. this, it, this doesn't usually happen at the yeah. Queen's yeah. Improvement. Yeah, we're, it's it's a little embarrassing. Usually, we run yeah. a very tight ship here at our, okay. at our meetings. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. So, about the the cost of the stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I when I mentioned the official price of two hundred seventy eight point two million dollars, you kind of poo pooed that. Uh, I don't think it's so much that you know you're poo pooing it. It's just that everybody has a set of figures, you know, you could uh, that uh, they would like to quote and. 
you could any accountant can make any anything say any any right. set of figures say anything when we talk about uh the figure of 278 million are we talking about the interest or i think we're just talking the construction costs oh, okay and when you work and in but, uh, what about the operational costs what about every you know uh oh, everything I've got a note else on that here. you know the you know, that, is it going to cost more to operate this new field than it will be to, to operate the old field? Right. What we've got, you okay, know, what we've, generate, got a, you know. we've got a note here from a city report saying that over the 30-year lifespan of the stadium, uh, $188 million for maintenance, $100 million to repay the provincial loan principal, $63 million interest on provincial loans, 77, $67 million city capital debt, 49.5 interest on city debt, 53 million principal and interest on city interim debt. In total, it works out to another $522 million. Well, it's just like the and average mortgage for a Harbor Landing house. Exactly. Right. And the city will be kicking in, won't be kicking in $73 million, but over 31 years, it'll be kicking in $405.6 million of city funds. Whew. Yeah, so okay. a little bit more. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the, all the, as we've seen before, uh, well, you can get figures to say almost anything. Now, I'm not poo-pooing the idea of another stadium to replace Taylor Field. Taylor Field uh, had outlived its usefulness. It supposedly seated 30,000 people, but any time you had more than 20,000 and you had to go to the bathroom... That's it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm at an age where incontinence <laughs> is a problem, and I'm too fat for adult diapers. So yeah, that th those are issues we got to think about. Um, you know, you, know, can, you keep you banging can get plus size adult diapers. Okay, so just just well, not no. down here. <laughs> yeah, just not in Regina. <laughs> you're, you know, you're banging your knees against the uh, the uh, seats when you try to get in. Uh, you know, the food concessions are bad. There's, you know. It's basically they've gone as far as they can uh, with the old stadium. The uh, Canadian Taxpayers Federation of all people said at the time that they were discussing uh, building a new stadium that the old stadium only needed $6 million worth of improvement, which is really hilarious given, you know, this VTF's track record on, on these sorts of issues. I, I, you know, this is probably the first time anybody's mentioned the Canadian Taxpayers Federation on this uh, mm -hmm. on this program. Yeah. Probably and probably it could be the last. It could, too. could well be the last. Although now <laughs> now that you've mentioned it once I kinda wanna mm -hmm. talk about them a lot more. Yeah, anyway. well it, so my issue so much isn't the replacement of Taylor Field or or the building of a new one. They you know, compared to the fiasco that's gone on in Winnipeg, we've done well in Winnipeg. What happened was that they brought in a, a guy that uh, who was an architect who was a friend of the original owner, or the guy that wanted to own the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He'd never designed a stadium before, so he made it look all really nice, but inside was a, it was a mess. It was, a, the, it was almost impossible for a major other non-foot or non-sport mm. events to be held because of the way it was designed internally. Uh, and it also featured, if you can believe this in Winnipeg, an outdoor press box. An outdoor press box in Winnipeg. That's the earmuff like and armpit idea. city. You know? I, th I think the press loves that, though, don't they? Yeah. I mean, you know, being carried away by mosquitoes the size of 737s, you know, or, you know, or mm. freezing to death. You know, yeah. Yeah. Weathermen especially love that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the issue for me is not a replacement for Taylor Field. It is how fast 
the issue of replacing the field came has come at a time when other areas of the city infrastructure, take the library system for example, have been basically left for neglect. Uh, the main library, it hasn't had a major uh, renovation since it opened in when, 62, 63, 61? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still got the original boiler, for crying out loud. Uh, we desperately need other the sorts of facilities, like you know, new libraries, um, not just you know the main one, but you know uh, the one in the cathedral district. The Connaught is in poor shape mm-hmm. uh, structurally. Uh, we basically need a, uh, to invest in those sorts of things. But to understand the city's commitment to anything that isn't related to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, all you have to do is take a look at what City Hall is going to be providing for artists to build or to create something for artwork for Taylor Field or for the news Mosaic State, which they are allotting $10,000. That doesn't even cover the cost of the paint for crying out loud. Cha-ching. Yes. Um, The... the, I'm sorry, I just got back from uh, two weeks in France and Italy, and I can tell you that if they built a new stadium, that when they build new facilities, new public facilities such as uh, new stadiums, that sort of thing, uh, there will be significant uh, investments in artwork, um, you know, seven, uh, six, seven figures. Mm-hmm. Well, for ten grand, they can get some kids to paint a mural, maybe? Well, you know, my daughter does pretty good finger painting. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure we could just slap something together with. Uh, yeah, it would look like there. that mural that you see on Broad Street as you'd come out of the, by the uh, Saskatchewan Drive and go all go the along by that on the side that green get, mural. Yeah, when you get yeah. your Tims. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You, you know where the uh, two of the biggest um, what do you call uh, coffee and donut shops are next door to the police station. And there you go. <laughs> Which was where the site where a policeman was killed during the 1935 Regina riot. I believe the only policeman. He was the only policeman yeah. killed, but there were actually two people who died. I do he, not know. Yeah, now you do. Around it comes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so we, for this 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 tour down memory lane through the history of Taylor Field and a primer on uh, the new Mosaic Stadium, what do you think? I think uh, I think that uh, Stephen LaRose is definitely an improvement vector, mm-hmm. uh, well-qualified. So, uh, Stephen, you're going to get a certificate. Oh, thank you. Signed thank you. signed by our improvement officers. Okay. Fenudi Cal and Gino Armadan. Okay. Yes. That's nice. Yes, and uh, it comes with a, its own manila envelope. Oh, thank you. So, yeah. Yeah. Is it unmarked? I can reuse it then. It, it, okay. is, it is unmarked. Yeah, perfect for recycling and yeah. reuse. Ah, yes. Environmentally friendly. Okay. Well, thanks for coming in today. Okay. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, so next up on the agenda, we have innovative revenue tools. Uh, we have I something think. with, or do we have something with, um, with Josh Groban? This is the Queen City Implementation Bureau, where listening is mandatory. Aiden, it's happening again. You know, I think... I think the thing we need to improve down here is this, this 
I think the transphasic modulate, we need a new one. Clearly. Like, we, did, we should not have bought... I blame the flux capacitor. I, I think you're right. It's all yeah. unlicensed. I mean, probably we shouldn't be, like, saying this on the air. But we, we bought it on the cheap. Okay, I think I've got this. I think I'm bringing this back. I think I got our signal in. God. Bringing the signal in. Okay, I think we're I think we're back. Okay, I think we're back to Good. 100% QCIB now. <sighs> yeah, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure. I mean, what happened three times now? Yeah. You know, things generally happen three times, and then that's it. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that this will not happen again. Yeah, I mean, for dramatic purposes, three times is the limit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I guess that kind of killed our uh, innovative revenue tool yeah. for this week. So um, it was about, I was going to do uh, the whole thing with Josh Groban and uh, getting. I could do some poetry. Would that raise money for the city? No. Oh. Okay. Well, how about we look at other ways to raise money for the city? All right. This is Lisa Gibbons with the Regina Downtown Business Improvement District, and you're listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau. All right, so that's it. Wow, okay, I'm, I'm a little shaken by, like, all that weird transphasic disturbance. Yeah, it's pretty strange. Like, I I've... I've I, I've turned I've turned on a uh, diagnostic tool, and it seems to be suggesting that there's something, like, I I don't believe the the readouts that I'm getting from this thing, but it's it's almost like it's coming from another dimension. My God, I bet the readouts are off the charts. They are completely off the charts. That's they, they always are. they always are when things get weird. Yeah, they're off the charts. Yeah. I don't know why we even bought that modulator in the first place. I mean, this whole thing would run just the same without it. I know, and they warned us that if we didn't run it with shielding, that there would be problems. Yeah. But I can't afford shielding. I don't know about you. I, I had to refinance my house to get that stupid thing. Yeah. I, I regret it. Well, um, before things get even more wacky, uh, I thought I would point out that this week the Cathedral Village Arts Festival is on. What? Cha-ching. Yeah. So I know we aren't going to be able to make it out to that, but um, they uh, there's like a street fair this weekend. There are uh, performances every night this week and uh, through to Saturday. And every year outside the Brandies, uh, a group of uh, mural artists do a mural on the side of the Brandies building there. And I actually happened to uh, be walking by there with some recording equipment last week, and I ran into Josh Goff, the guy who does that mural, and I was able to record a few minutes of Josh talking about his mural. If you want to hear that. Yeah, I'd love to. All right. I'd love to know how you got out as well, but that's... Not telling. Damn. Uh, My name is Joshua Goff. I am, I guess you would call me a, a local mural artist. Uh, I am working on a mural for Brandies for the Cathedral Arts Festival. Uh, the project is called Make Your Mark, uh, which kind of just every year for the festival, uh, a few artists get together and we all paint different murals in the kind of local area. So yeah. What is the uh, what's this going to look like in the end? Like, what are you what are you shooting for? Um, something that looks cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think in the end, I'm just trying to do something that relates to graffiti and also kind of mural painting at the same time. Just kind of letting people know that you know graffiti artists can be artists. And so I've been watching the Brandy's uh, murals for about seven or eight years now. Have you been doing them that whole time? 
Yes, I definitely have. Uh, we started, like me and a few friends from the neighborhood started this project. Um, it wasn't called Make Your Mark at the Start, and it wasn't even a part of the Cathedral Festival. Um, it started in 2002, and then about uh, two or three years in, the festival kind of started noticing us, and they were like, well, we can help you out with some paint and things like that. So we get a little bit of funding from them, but yeah, in total now, this would be our 14th year. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Holy crap. Um, <laughs> How do you guys learn a craft like this? Because it's not like it's not like there's like every single surface in the city is being you're practicing on. Oh, for sure, definitely. Um, you know, some of the earlier days for most of the artists was learned by you know going into abandoned buildings and the train tracks and things like that. And then uh, when we started getting opportunities like this, um, you know, I, I just started going and trying to get permission for different free walls and things like that. And we would practice legally and have more time to like kind of work through our process. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then that slowly just started to turn into a business, right? right? And so then people started hiring us out. And then you know that experience got us better and better. And and yeah. If somebody wanted to learn how to be a graffiti artist, how how would you recommend they start? And do you offer classes? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I think the best thing to do when you're wanting to learn about graffiti is ask another graffiti artist right um sometimes an apprenticeship can happen um i i at this moment i'm not doing any apprentices apprenticeships uh but i'm yeah like i teach graffiti workshops within the school board and at the mckenzie art gallery and places like that so sometimes i give out programming like that right Uh, what about free walls in town are there places where people can go and sort of like legally practice um not at this moment. There has been certain walls that the owners know, uh, like maybe three or four artists that they'll accept mm-hmm. painting on that space. But as for something that's generally available to the public, no. Yeah. Um, I've spoken with many city officials over the years trying to get a space or trying to put in some programming and things like that. And, you know, uh, nothing's really come up as of yet, but I'm hoping in the future that they will allow for some free walls and not just having a free wall but also having you know sessions with you know professional artists so that you know the kids can kind of learn things a little bit faster so yeah because you know half the time that i've known other graffiti artists when they've had that option to uh, paint a free wall and learn that way and usually have gone through the legal system and have kind of you know gone through those steps um yeah they they were they usually just want to paint someone where they're allowed to but you know the guidance is a is a big thing right because anytime that i would start to learn more was always you know a tip from another artist that i would pick up and so i i don't think that i ever got really good until i started surrounding myself with other very good artists Mm -hmm. and then kind of passing back ideas and you know techniques and things like that so Yeah. yeah Uh, other places I've lived that have like a stronger free wall, a stronger graffiti culture, yeah. and a stronger like presence of free walls in yeah. town. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I remember seeing is like the quality of the the random graffiti mm. improves. Yeah, <laughs> and I think people become sort of less hostile to it. And I I, I, I don't know if I have no like statistics on this, yeah. but it seemed like the sort of uh, the malicious tagging seemed to drop as well because there was this self-policing culture of quality artists. Yeah, I totally agree with that. There, um, you know, I could think of a couple places right now, like in San Francisco there was a place called Psycho City and it was just uh, like a, a, an automotive place and it was it was huge and a lot of the artists went there and painted the whole time and in that surrounding area, a lot of the unwanted tagging just kind of went to there and, you know, people started developing their skills more and then the funny thing was is that they the 
the city came in and was like, no, you guys can't do this anymore. And then everything just went everywhere, right? right. Uh, another great example, Melbourne. Australia, they're very open to graffiti artists working in their alleys and, you know, there's less like, you know, do you need permission? It's like, no, they know that that's a free wall area. And yeah, the graffiti there is just as good as anywhere else in the world and yeah. even probably some of the best. So yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I think my kid is going to decide that this interview is over. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but awesome. awesome. Thanks a lot. That was, that's really good stuff. Oh, that's awesome. 10 minutes. That's perfect. Cool. All right, so that's the end of the interview about uh, Josh Goff's mural. That's fantastic. Right, so next up on the agenda, I think we have outstanding uh, improvements, and I wanted to talk at length this week about uh, the financial reports. Oh, that sounds um, exciting. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. There's, there's a lot of numbers, so sit, you know, let's sit get down, get, get ready. Into, yeah, speak and, slowly, um, too. Oh, wait. Oh, no, it's happening again. Uh, We've got a quantum spike. This is a Queen City implementation. On 31.9 RTJC, the voice of You're listening to the Queen City Implementation. Pay attention. All right, so are we ready to have our meeting at the Queen City Implementation Bureau? From the control tower to your minds, this is the Queen City Implementation Bureau. Attendance. Let's have attendance. Attendee number one, Paul DeShane. Here. Attendee number two, Aidan Morgan. I think he's here. Oh, yes, I'm here. Excellent. Do we have quorum? Quorum is irrelevant. So, let's get started. Right, yes, let's move on to the meeting. Um, so we have uh, someone here to uh, to do a presentation today about uh, there's a mega project that the city is uh, we're like eighty seven point three percent done. It's fantastic. Mega project. We're it's pretty fantastic. Yes, our, our guest today is Maddie V. Speak friend and enter. Hello, lads. I am so glad to be here on the Queen City Implementation Bureau. It is a thrill for us. Yeah. So you're the host of the Witch Program? I host a delightful little show called the Normal Subject Performance Hour, where we play the things that everyone's into. Well, everyone has to listen to it as well. Exactly. Attendance is mandatory. It's literally the slogan. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's one of the most popular programs on uh, 31.9 RTJC, the uh, Regina's Imperial Radio Station. Listening the voice. Mandatory. The voice of the municipality. Yes. Um, so this mega project, uh, Aiden, could you please uh, fill us in on what it is? Uh, I believe it's called the Mosaic Soundstage. Mosaic Stage. Soundstage. Yeah. Yes. Well, ever since the 250% uh, tax credit, in which you get literally two and a half times your money back for filming in Regina, mm -hmm. obviously we have become the center for like nerd culture and cinema in North America. It's true. Um so the uh, Mosaic Soundstage, they're saying that it's going to cost $278.2 million. It's a publicly funded facility, uh, and it's going to be on par with, say, Elstree or Pinewood Studios in the U.K., and uh, they've already got Iron Man 4 is booked to film here, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. They're, they're, they're trying to get some of the DC films in here as well. It's a pretty exciting time. Um, Star Wars 3 over Route 2? Yes, that yeah, one as well. It's like an imaginary number now. Yeah. So, Matt, how do you feel about this? Do you think this is a good use of public funds? 
I think it's probably one of the best uses of public funds we've ever come into. I'm so glad that we actually we have this wonderful place of here where we're willing to put public funds into things that everyone can get behind. We have a government with the foresight to react to coming marketing changes and invest in long-term projects that are going to provide great jobs, tons of investment opportunities, making a name for ourselves. It's great that our premier cares about things other than you know, a falling chicken buffet in Weyburn. How we True. Actually, yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, not I, believe that, I believe that buffet died years ago. Yeah. Yes. Because chicken is just so unhealthy when it's been deep fried. Yeah. Um, also, I've heard that on the outskirts of town, you're seeing like lots of spin-off benefits. There's already a latex factory is being built to uh, help uh, put, you know, to provide material for the uh, for the practical effects that are going to be used in these films and all the cosplay and all the cosplay. There's an entire yeah. cosplay neighborhood in the uh, like it's I believe it's Harbor Landing is the neighborhood. Oh, is that it? Yeah, that was the building out there. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they. It was too late to change the name of Harbor Landing, but it really is cosplay <laughs> landing. They already have the stationery done, but with the latex shop and the practical effects factories. I work at one of the sign shops in in the warehouse district, and it's really fascinating seeing all the construction, all the hustle, all the bustle, all the secondary work we've had, providing uh, the banners and the signage for all the new productions that are coming into town. Plus, you know, you talk about the soundstage being a really brisk and efficient use of public funds, Mm -hmm. but one of the great things about the economic benefits of the new soundstage is the way that... The traditional workers aren't being left out. How people with old school skills are now getting to put them out in a really new school way, like the Deadpool statue, for example. It's it's a marvelous piece of work. The Deadpool statue. It is stands astride the highway like the Colossus of Rhodes. I believe it is the Colossus of Regina. It's like it's unofficial name. Yeah, it really is. It's the Queen City's Titan of Bravos. (laughs) It is, and I love how when you're driving underneath it, you can look up and see it in all of its pendulous glory. It's. I'm glad they spent the extra bucks to make it anatomically correct. Yeah, that that actually really helps sell it. Yeah. Of yeah. course, you, it was a pretty much a foregone conclusion that we would get this built when Ryan Reynolds was uh, named Lieutenant Governor of Saskatchewan. That's true. Yes. Yeah, and I'm actually glad how much time he actually spends in the province now, especially because we're bringing in that top talent. Um, mm-hmm. Where we reached that point where, like, I remember the days when conventions in Regina was just a couple of chuds in a boardroom at a hotel somewhere. But now <laughs> we use the entire scope and breadth of of Everaz Place and the, and the entire fairgrounds for Fan Expo Regina. It's now the biggest con in Western Canada because of everything that this new soundstage has really drawn in. It's true, it's true. And I think it's marvelous the way, you know, now when you go on the bus, the buses are packed and they're, you know, full of kids reading comic books and, and senior citizens reading comic books. Like, it's it's nice to see the kids reading nowadays. It is. Yeah. I quite agree. Literacy is up. Yep. Murders are down. Yeah. Truly, we live in a golden age. If I'm, I'm giving it all we've got, if we keep this up, the mixing board's going to fly apart. Fly it apart, then. Mayday. <clears throat> this is the Queen City Improvement Bureau. We're broadcasting at uh, 91.3 megahertz. On the FM band for CJGR, Regina Community Radio. 
If you can hear this, our broadcast is being hijacked by a signal from an alternate universe. Nothing you are hearing is real, no matter how alluring it may sound. It's quantum divergence. We're going to attempt to overpower this aberrant signal by rerouting auxiliary power from the vending machines. It'll leave us without delicious snacks, but it's our only hope. This is Aiden Morgan, signing off for the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 CJTR Regina Community Radio. Pray for us. So one thing that I've heard, though, um, as I'm out in the community, is that there are some negative Nellies about the uh, mosaic, uh, the mosaic soundstage. Um, there's some concern that so much of it is public funding that's going to be going into the soundstage. Uh, it's uh, the city's taking out a, a lot of debt, 167 million dollars. I think they're borrowing to put the soundstage up, but then they're going to be spending over 400 million dollars of public funds over the next 30 years to maintain it. A lot of people are saying, you know, um, is this really a good use of public funds on, on a soundstage, which is just basically producing entertainment for a bunch of nerds? Well, I'd, like to, I'd like to ask the question, what's happening with their implants? Because if, if their implants are working, they wouldn't be asking these questions. It's true, it's true. But, I mean, you know, occasionally implants go on the fritz, and when that happens, um, questions get asked. And occasionally, uh, answers have to be offered. So, Maddie, where, where do you stand on this question about, uh, is, do you think that this is entertainment for nerds? Is that a good use of public money? I think entertainment for nerds is a wonderful use of public money. Now, when we first really got the ball rolling with the new soundstage, obviously it was a little bit controversial. The implants, you know, the implants hadn't really taken effect yet. True. They're still in the rollout phase there was still a notion of controversialness in the city to begin with. But, you know, a lot of that controversy stemmed from the fact that, you know, it really is a lot of money, and it's not like it's a sports stadium or something like that that only a very select few group of people can use. Yeah, Yeah, you know, something that only, you know, something that works the entire year around and brings in consistent economic benefits, employs tradespeople, actors, brings world-class talent, it was an insane idea. We could have just spent the money on something that's only good for three months out of the year, maybe five, depending on playoffs. But we decided to live the dream, and we're, and we're bringing in the revenue right now. It is. I'm so glad that we didn't go the route of, say, Winnipeg, which spent a lot of money on, a, on a, it's like, I think, a kickball uh, field yeah, or appar- something. Apparently, instead of watching superhero movies, people dress up in padded armor and helmets and uh, they fight over a pointy ball. Yes. That sounds the, insane. It, the ancient pastime of sports ball. Um, oh. Yeah, you can, you can still find uh, elements of it uh, down at the RSM, uh, where they have these preserved helmets. Um, uh, it was made out of some kind of like large fruit. It was like a cantaloupe, possibly some kind of melon. Admittedly, this, this sounds absurd. For I know. I keep yeah. meaning to check out the sports ball exhibit, but you know, I'm a sucker for Mega Munch. What am I going to do? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and you know, the dinosaurs—that's just fodder for more films that we could be making here. Jurassic World Six. Yes. They're saying that could be done here soon too. Yes, I believe the uh, cyborg replacement for Chris Pratt will be in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yes. Will we be building the cyborg here? 
Uh, that's a good question. I think once we get the robotics facilities up, like up and running, mm-hmm. and we can start like the general upload of consciousness into like the machines, yes, then we can get. Uh, right. Well, the animatronics program that started off at the U of R as an adjunct to the film studies department mm-hmm. has really been doing some, just some incredible work. Uh, in terms of like replacing bits, now we're able to get three times the life out of your average stunt performer just with implants alone. I know it's it's, it's a miracle. Yeah, yeah. the The level of Imagineering that we're doing at the University of Virginia now is just off the hook. It's exactly. So Five years ago, if you would have told us that a tiny little outfit in Saskatchewan would have replaced seventy five percent of Zoe Bell's body with stunt electronics you'd be crazy but now you know you've seen the insane stunts that she was able to pull off in the latest quentin tarantino flicks that we filmed here yeah and all that possible because of the u of r's animatronic studio yeah. yeah and tarantino loved this place so much he's he's moved here it's true yeah yeah it's uh it's, it's fantastic yeah he's got a he's got a like a big mansion down by the lake now it's uh, it's pretty impressive yeah, we're hoping to have him on the show next week Fantastic. Yeah, I, I have a question actually. I mean, with uh, I mean, with your enthusiasm for the about this city right now, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you have political ambitions. Well, I was waiting to announce it, of course, on my show. But of course, the great thing about this, the the Queen City Implementation Bureau is that what they say goes. That's true. Quite literally, the bylaws have been written. What happens here becomes policy. So it's true, and we really like superhero movies. Sorry, go on. Yeah, and we're really riding a positive wave. And of course, I was going to wait, but I'm going to announce it here that I'm announcing my candidacy for the next mayoral election here for the Queen City, running on a campaign of by the nerds for the nerds. Fantastic. I think we can pretty safely say that you're going to be pretty much of a shoe in. I actually would like to announce that uh, the Queen City Implementation Bureau is actually implementing you as the mayor. It's uh, already happening. You yeah. see, this is what I love about e-voting, especially with the new implants. Mm-hmm. We, we've already selected the result we want. You do your e-vote. The implant works. Everything is great. Yes. There's only those few dissenters, which hopefully will never make it over the wall and disturb us. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Uh, are there any other things coming up in uh, in the Queen City um, to do with the soundstage? I don't think so. We've we've got a new mayor. We've got a new soundstage. Um, thank God we didn't spend all of this money on like on like a sporting facility that would just be used by elite athletes. Yes. One, one problem, of course, is the zombie apocalypse, but yeah. that's all. That's always going to be with us. Yeah, yeah. true. Well, I guess uh, not only um, is uh, Mr. Uh, Matt P. Our, uh, our new mayor, but I think he may qualify for something else as well. Do tell. Uh, I think we have a certificate for him. I believe we do. Yeah. Yes. Oh, not, I not, love certificates almost as much as I love cybernetically enhanced direct democracy. Fantastic. <laughs> Well, this isn't a mayoral certificate, but it is the uh, it is our implementation uh, candidate certificate for you. So there you go. I'm holding it with rapt honor. This is going to be, of course, my second most uh, prized possession. First being the shiny new mayor's sash, of course. Yes, of course. I can't remember if it's a belt or a sash, but 
I muddle through most things in life. We'll muddle through the whole mayor thing together. What's the worst thing that could happen to our city of millions? <laughs> we'll be right here behind you supporting you. And you know, actually, a sash, you just cinch it and then it's a belt. It's like it's like pure 80s fashion. Yeah, yeah, a sash is just a belt for your shoulders. Everyone exactly. knows that. It's a di- yeah. yeah, and a belt, a belt is like a disappointed sash. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Plug that thing in. I think we might be coming back. Oh my god! Yeah. No, this VU meter—it's like it's twitching. It sounds like. Yeah, I, I'm getting something in the headphones. Okay. Is it? Think, are, we, are we get? Are we? Are we on the air? I think, I think we are. I think we are. Did you? Yeah. Did you know? Did, were you hearing that? I was hearing some of it, but I was yeah. too. I was in the snack room plugging in that extension cord. Apparently, Maddie from Nerdcore Cabaret is like. Like he's he's mayor in like an alternate universe. <laughs> oh, pshaw! And there's a gigantic Deadpool statue. This this is insane. I don't believe a word of what you're saying. No, it's true. I mean, no, I I swear I heard it. Didn't you hear it, Maddie? I did. It was like, and you know, we were just coming on here to talk about so many great things going on in our universe, but. Um, I don't know. There's just something about the mirror universe which seems very hellish yet wonderful at the same time. I, I agree. It was. A, I thought it was actually that that mirror universe was a little unfocused, but by and large. <laughs> but maybe. But the the thing I'm gonna have the image of this Deadpool statue locked in my mind, standing astride the number eleven highway like the Titan of Bravos. Yes. Although now I'm kind of wondering. They they really made special effort to call out his bulge, and I'm wondering now. <laughs> Is it like is it popular with the kids? Is it kind of like a Mac the Moose thing where they have to protect it at all times? They probably yeah, probably kids paint it like like various colors. Yeah, like yeah. does this iteration of Deadpool have a dance belt incorporated into his costume? We don't know. That yeah. is a good question. It's too bad it was a radio signal. I'd like to know if uh if you had a goatee in the mirror universe. That's true. Well, it I didn't sound like I had a goatee. No. But there wasn't that characteristic sort of like Fuzziness in the voice that comes from like, like blasting air out through like mustache hairs. You see, I was just assuming that like we'd have goatees because they're already the mark of an evil Eunice doppelganger, mm-hmm. and you'd probably have an eye patch because you already have like a uh, thick and lustrous beard. That's true. Right. That's true. That you lost in some kind of battle. Your eye. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably some kind of literal jock v nerd battle, which apparently settled the new social order in that version of Regina. Yeah. Wow. You know, I almost want to live there. Almost. If, if, it, if it weren't for the whole implants thing. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe maybe we'll hear from that mirror universe again sometime, and hopefully it'll be, we'll be more prepared for it. Well, well, we'll get that transphasic modulator working a little better, so this doesn't hopefully happen again. Yeah. Well, you know, it's all part of CJTR's alternative power plan, trying to be more green, trying mm. to draw less power from the grid, and more power from, you know, the fabric of space-time itself. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just dark matter. What could go wrong? Yeah, you yeah. know, because the thing is, of course, like, we're all volunteer, we're making it up on the fly. Yeah. You know, it's not like we have, like, trained scientists. And <laughs> admittedly, my work on the project was based upon, I watched a lot of Cosmos, and, like, I'm big into Trek. I figure, you know, it's 
we're trying very much kind of like an aperture science kind of methodology yeah. of throwing science against the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah, well, I mean, and as the guy who installed the modulator said to me, Cthulhu Thagon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, I think we need a motion to adjourn. Okay, um, I, I motion. I'll second that motion. That's passed. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR. Thank you very much to Stephen LaRose for the first half of the show and Maddie V on the second half of the show. Also, Matthew 27B-6 from the alternate universe, whether you know it or not. Uh, you can listen to us on CJTR.ca podcast or on our own podcast, QueenCityImprovementBureau.com. Contact us on Twitter at Queen City ID or find us on Facebook at Queen City Improvement Bureau. Thank you very much, Regina. Keep on improving. Oh, and coming up next, we do have the new Court Cabaret with Maddie and some other stuff.